Hi, thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. I don't know about you, uh, but I love Christmas. It's, it's one of those seasons that just resonates with me, and I get right into it. You know, some of the other holidays during the course of the year, I can take or leave. But Christmas, that's different. By and large, I love everything about it. I love just the presents. Like, I mean, hard to argue with that. I love the food. Really hard to argue with that. That's maybe a little too obvious. The holidays are awesome. (laughs) And, of course, the snow. I love the snow. Um, and, and, And let me caveat that by saying that the only time... Really, to have snow is at Christmas, in my mind. But for Christmas, we really got to have it. What's more, I appreciate the values and the sentiment of Christmas. I love the whole idea of peace on earth and goodwill toward men. I love the idea of giving over receiving. That makes good sense. And I can always use the reminder to be thankful. So it just hits a chord for me. But tonight, can I ask you a question? As good as those things are, is that all there is to Christmas? Is is that why we're here tonight? Is that the whole deal? And if it is, well then, don't we cover those things off elsewhere anyway? Like, I mean, Remembrance Day for peace, Thanksgiving for thankfulness, Family Day for family, birthdays for presents. Do we really need another holiday? So is Christmas then just sort of redundant? Or is there something more? Now, I hope this evening that someone here would answer, yeah, Doug, there is. There's more to Christmas. Christmas is about the birth of Christ. It's about this baby Jesus. And no surprise, I suppose, Seeing as I'm a pastor and we're here at church, I would agree. Christmas is all about the birth of Jesus. But then that begs a couple of more questions, I think. If it's all about Jesus, well then number one, who is this Jesus? And secondly, why should I care? In other words, then, 
Why does Christmas matter? This year at church here, we've been going through what we call the original Christmas playlist, where we've been going back to some of the original testimony that was given about that first Christmas. We looked at Mary's song. We looked at Zechariah's song. Just this past Sunday, we looked at the angel's song. And tonight, we're considering Simeon's song. All of these people in these little literary devices called songs speak to and testify to the significance of Christmas, to who Christ is, and why it matters to us. So tonight, if you would, turn with me or follow along on the screens as we look at the account of Simeon in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 25 to 32. And just to catch you up to speed, as, as we pick it up here, Mary and Joseph have gone down to Bethlehem. They've left Nazareth, and they've gone down to Bethlehem, where they were going to be counted in the census, because it was the law. And while they were there, Mary has given birth to this baby Jesus. And about eight days later... As was the custom, Mary and Joseph are going to the temple to have a ceremony there where they will officially name Jesus and commit him to the Lord. So we're going to pick it up in verse 25, Luke chapter 2, verse 25, as Luke relates the story of Simeon. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, Luke writes, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Would you just bow with me one more time? And we'll ask God to speak to us tonight. Father, tonight, all together here, we ask that you would come now and that you would speak to us, that you would demonstrate yourself to us, speak to our hearts, open our minds, open our ears, open our eyes to who you are and what you've done through Christmas. For I ask this now in your son's name. Amen. All right. Now, in introducing us to Simeon, Luke tells us three things really quickly right off the hop. First of all, Luke says that Simeon was righteous and devout, which is Luke's way of telling us that Simeon was a careful student of the Scriptures, that he had studied the Old Testament, that he was leaning in, trying to to connect and follow God. Secondly, 
Luke tells us that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, which is, again, just an old-fashioned way of saying that Simeon was waiting for God to rescue his people, just as God had promised. And then Luke tells us this, that the Holy Spirit was on Simeon, which is to say that God had chosen to use Simeon in a very significant way. But then Luke adds something else. He says that God had revealed to Simeon that Simeon would not die before he had seen the Messiah. And the Messiah was just this fancy word for the one that God had promised would come to save his people. Now, that was huge. The fact that God had revealed to Simeon that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah was revolutionary. It was monumental. And to understand that, we have to know just a little bit about the Old Testament. So if you will, the Old Testament is this account an extensive account, right from the very beginning of time, about how man was created by God, but then keeps breaking our relationship with God. But what's more, it's also about how God keeps pursuing us, working to rebuild that relationship with us. So that's what Simeon had been studying. He knew these things. And he knew also that all along through the ages, God kept saying to the people, to his people, to us, to you and I, that one day he was going to solve this problem for good. One day he was going to provide a solution that we would be able to rely on, that we would be able to put our faith in and our trust in, that would restore our relationship with God forever thereafter. God, throughout the Old Testament, kept saying, hey guys, pay attention. I am sending someone to save you. And God wasn't vague about it. Throughout the Old Testament, God had pointed to the coming Messiah in lots of detail. The prophet Isaiah said that he would be born of a virgin. The prophet Micah said that he would be born in Bethlehem. And other prophets revealed that his home, the Messiah's home, would be Nazareth. And these aren't the only three prophecies. In fact, the prophecies include and that God provided through his prophets about this coming Messiah number into the hundreds. Interestingly, if we send a letter today with really four pieces of information, we can get it to that person anywhere in the world. If we give them a name, if we give them a city, if we give them a street address, and if we maybe have to include a country, then Away we go. We can send a letter. 
God has sent us a letter in the Old Testament with over a hundred, over 200 prophecies about who this Messiah would be and what he came to do. What's more, these things were predicted hundreds of years ahead of Christ's birth, which is exactly what makes Simeon's revelation so special. Up to now, whenever God had talked about the Messiah, it had been off in the future. He had pointed to one day, this coming Savior. But now, God had come to Simeon and revealed that it was going to be before he died. That he would see the Messiah in his lifetime. So as Luke tells us, God impressed on Simeon one day that he should go to the temple. And so Simeon did. And while he was there, Mary and Joseph arrive for that customary ceremony where they would dedicate Jesus and officially name him. And when they came in, God stirred in Simeon's heart and revealed to Simeon that this baby that they carried, this Jesus, was the Messiah. So stirred by God, Simeon goes and takes Jesus in his arms and offers this song of praise to God where he says, God, I can now die. Dismiss me in peace because I have seen that you've accomplished what you promised that you would. I have seen the Messiah. But note tonight that Simeon refers to Jesus as God's salvation. Some versions translate it as, I have seen the salvation of the Lord. And therein is what Christmas is all about. What Simeon saw and understood was that this Messiah was not coming just to solve political or economic or military problems, but rather that he was coming to solve a much bigger issue, our biggest issue. That is man's issue with sin. And Simeon understood even beyond that, that he hadn't arrived to solve this problem just on behalf of the Jewish people or just on behalf of the Gentile people, but in fact, that he was here to solve it on behalf of all people, on behalf of all of us, on behalf of each of us. And that's why Christmas matters to all of us tonight. From the very beginning, Adam and Eve chose to rebel against God and pursue their own agenda. And every one of us, each one of us, have followed suit ever since. By our actions in denying God, in sinning against Him, we precipitated then the onset of death and separation from God because that is the consequence of sin. 
And that is a problem we can't solve ourselves. So God said, I'll provide that solution. And he sent that solution for us. Jesus. He came to save us. To be our salvation. To pay the penalty of our sin. To die in our place. In order that as we place our trust in him, that salvation can become ours and we no longer have to fear death. The Apostle Paul summed it up like this in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, Paul writes, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death came through sin, and in this way death came to all people because we have all sinned, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in the condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act, that is Christ's birth, life, in perfection, his death, and then resurrection, conquering death, just as one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people, for just as through the disobedience of one man... The many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. The law was brought in so that we would recognize our sin, that we would recognize that we cannot meet God's standard on ourselves, on our own, in and of ourselves. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more so that just As sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So tonight, as we come together on Christmas Eve, there is more to Christmas than presents and food and family, and peace, and goodwill, and giving over receiving. As much as we enjoy these other things that we celebrate at Christmas time, at Christmas, first and foremost, we celebrate the arrival of Jesus into our world on his mission to save us from our sin. So tonight, can I ask another question? Like Simeon, have you seen the salvation of the Lord? Have you seen and recognized Jesus for who he is today? He wasn't just a baby. He's God's son. Jesus, the Messiah, sent on a mission from God to save us from our sin so that we can one day be reunited, reunited with God when we die. Christmas 
is the best news ever. And I hope that you've come to see Jesus already as your Savior. And if not, I pray that this Christmas that you would come to recognize what God has done for us this Christ, that first Christmas. Let's pray. Father, tonight, we stop. And Father, I pray that for each one here, that this Christmas, we would see you in a new way. For those of, you that, for those of us that know you already, that we would recognize you all the more for what you've done for us. And that we would live lives worthy of what you've done. That we would live for you. That we would live to tell others of you. So that they might come to know you as well. And Lord, for those that haven't come to know you yet. I pray that this Christmas. That that would be a present that they would receive. That you would reveal yourself to them. That you would open their eyes to Jesus Christ. And that they might find their salvation in you. So to that end, God, I pray for your blessing on each one here. And I ask these things again, all in Christ's name for his sake alone. Amen.